Welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at innovation within the insurance industry. And with me today is uh, Travis Callahan, COO and President for Ignatica. Can I call you a startup in the insurance industry or on the insure tech industry, right, uh, Travis? Yeah, so we're a quickly maturing startup is, I think, how I would phrase it. But yeah, we're in the startup realm. So let's talk. Give me that uh, 30-second elevator pitch about who Ignatica is. Okay, so Ignatica is an insure tech company, and we specialize in providing insurance companies the core system, the core platform for policy administration, product management, product launches. Right now, billions of people in the world are either uninsured and underinsured. Insurers obviously want to provide insurance and protection to those billions of people, but they simply can't. And the reason is because they don't have the core system technology to meet the demands of the customers at the price they want and provide the protections that they really need. Um, what that means from a insurer's business perspective is they're leaving trillions of dollars of potential revenue on the table. Ignatica solves that problem. With our core platform, insurers are able to launch new products in a matter of a couple of days at no cost. They're able to cut their ongoing operating costs for the policy admin piece of that by up to 60%. What that really means in real world terms is that those insurers are now able to get out the types of products, niche products, to the market in real time. If we look at the Ignatica platform, how, uh, what's the composition of it? Uh, obviously, you've got a database and, and blockchain to a certain degree. It's nothing more than a database. Well, but if you have to, at a high level, if you're designing this thing uh, or describing it to your customer, how would you describe the Ignatica platform from a technology perspective and as it relates to the, pre, uh, the process of insurance? So it's a, a software as a service platform. It's based on the cloud and we built it on Socket Hyperledger, so the, a segment of the blockchain. We've used that technology because a lot of the characteristics that the financial services are acquiring as far as auditability, traceability, the ability to understand what is happening historically at any given moment, who was involved, uh, the transaction, all of that information. By using Sawtooth Hyperledger, we're able to actually record and keep that uh, you know, for the life cycle of the, the, comp- uh, the policy itself. We found that that provides a level of clarity and transparency that a lot of the insurers are looking for, financial services. If you look at some of the recent developments, the regulatory developments in the insurance industry industry globally, you have what's called IFRS 17. Uh, and what that is, it's essentially a whole new set of regulatory accounting principles and requirements that insurers right now are needing to comply with. They spend trillions of dollars, sorry, make that billions of dollars, sorry, um, over the past couple of years trying to figure out, number one, what is it? How do we implement it? And how do we go back to all of our core legacy systems, which are really the main problem that insurers are facing? How are we able to integrate that in? As a basic example, with Ignatica, we're able to build that into the actual, on the product level, so that any new products that are launched on our platform, if the insurer wants to have 
a set of accounting kind of compliance issues such as IFR 17, we can build that in, which allows us to provide the information to the insurers, the accounting information, the event reporting information to insurers so that they're able to actually just very easily compile that information and show it on an auditable way compliance with IFR 17. So right now our clientele, and I think this is, goes back to how I more consider us a maturing startup rather than a, in our infancy stage. So we have a number of clients right now. One of our clients is a multinational insurer. So we're helping them with their digital transformation uh, of their entire core systems in the life, life insurance sector. The idea is that if that works well and we've able to we'll first do an initial set of product launches with the idea that going forward probably from 2022 they would like to move all of their future product launches onto our platform but the second piece of that is actually the migration of their legacy business as an aside legacy business on insurance platforms are money losing uh, sets of businesses we're able to take the migration of those on a product by product basis, put them onto our platform and take what's basically a money drain and turn it into a money maker for them. Okay. If I look back, okay, some of these, especially the very large ones, they're probably SAP or Oracle database users and they probably have custom built applications to do their onboarding, their their claims processing, all of these different processes within their system. They probably have, as I said, an ERP solution, for example. When you say migrating them off, so you're you're basically, you have, um, Ignatica is a platform. On top of it, you you need to put together the applications, the ones that do the claims processing, uh, again, the client onboarding. You build these things from scratch or you take an existing application that the client has and you sort of like port it over so that it will run on Ignatica? It's, it's actually a third option. Hmm. So we do, we're, we're a true core platform. So we don't extend our platform out into the ERP side or the claims processing side or the underwriting side, for example. What we do is we plug in all of their current systems. So if it's claims or underwriting, we plug those systems into our platform. What makes our platform unique is that Every individual product is self-running and autonomous, meaning the full cycle of the actual administration of that product happens internally. So if you use the examples you had, we'll now create a kind of data connection, data stream between the core platform into, say, the underwriting. So if there's an underwriting event that happens, we'll provide the information to the underwriting team, the underwriting systems, they'll do their actual process and every product or every product line and certainly every company does that differently. Once they've gone through that process, they'll feed that information back to us and it becomes going back to the blockchain, it becomes a part of that immutable uh, record. So in that sense, the requisite is the company needs to have an existing set of applications, preferably digital, so uh, an actual ERP system, rather than somebody that's doing everything that's paper-based. So the, the guys that are doing things that are very paper-based, those are not your potential clients at all, is it? In a lot of ways, those are some of our future primary clients. Obviously, you know, it's cliche in, in the industry, but, you know, digitize or die, I think, is pretty common theme throughout. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to find in the next five to ten years there will be simply no paper-based 
transactions in the insurance world, and it'll either be they've either made the transition and transformation to the full cycle digitized processes, or they will have been replaced, so to speak. Blockchain itself is still a fairly infant technology, even though the the concept is over ten years old. But the actual adoption in the different industries, in the different business practices, is is still fairly nascent, if you like, for lack of a better word. Ignatica itself as a platform provider is not unique in the sense that you are not the only one that's offering a blockchain type of platform targeting specifically insurance industry with the same uh, to solve the similar set of problems. What makes Ignatica different though? What what makes you stand out about every other startup regardless of where which stage they are in early or or mature? We don't really tout ourselves as a blockchain company. I think there's a lot of misconceptions globally and just amongst consumers of the world what blockchain is. I think there's a tendency to make an immediate association with Bitcoin first and then cryptocurrencies in general. What we've done is we've boiled down what are the benefits of blockchain and the use of blockchain. Um, And I think you look at some of the same types of functional benefits that may apply to cryptocurrencies but also apply if you look at you know we've utilized at the same time a lot of the technologies that amazon and uber have used to transform the world as we know it we're using a lot of the similar technologies with our own secret sauce so to speak of how we put them together with apis and microservices particular to the insurance world so the way that those folks the ubers and the amazons are changing the world that way we're using that to transform the insurance industry and how we differentiate ourselves from other players in the market. And some may use blockchain and some may not is we built it from the ground up based on our insider knowledge of the insurance industry. Our, there's three founders. Um, our CEO and co-founder was the former CTO of Manulife financial for Asia Pacific for a number of years. So, over the past 15 years working in that industry, he and Adish, the, the, my other co-partner, who was one of the senior architects behind our digital transformation, they were overseeing over 12 countries. They were dealing with over $7.5 billion of U.S. dollars of data infrastructure, data transformation, um, which obviously they came up with a lot of what are the commonality pain points when you go from country one to country two to country three, when you go from an incredibly large local organization to an incredibly small micro organization, and they realize that the pain points that are involved there are quite uniform across there. And in their discussions with their colleagues in other parts of the U.S. and manual life, and in their kind of speaker circuit tours, uh, they realize it's really the same pain points. So a lot of other of our companies, if you look at what's happened in insure tech over the past 10 years, there's been you know a lot of fanfare and publicity that insurers are investing tens and hundreds of billions of dollars in digital transformation. I think right off the top, you're gonna to see some number, and I'm not sure if this is an exact number, but somewhere in the vicinity of 80 to 90% has been on the front end. How are we able to get as an insurer how are we able to get new clients and give them a quicker, faster experience? How are we going to make the prettiest, shiniest app? And then it's kind of evolved into how are we going to 
process the underwriting and process the claims management pieces. So a lot of that's really where the digital transformation has been. Now you'll see some of the players who I think you would probably classify as competitors. You'll see if some of those competitors started on that end and realized, wait a minute, all these things that we want to do, we can't do effectively because there's no core system to back it up. So they've moved kind of from the front end of the digital stack, so to speak, moving their way down to the core system. So a lot of what you're calling the competition is actually that set of players. We flipped it on, on its head. We took the learnings of Manuel San Miguel um, and Adish Pentakar and built it from the ground up solely for the purpose of how to make the engine drive faster, better, more agile, and more efficiently. When you're selling this solution to an, an existing insurance provider or broker, presumably you not only have to sell them the idea of what the benefits are, but you also have to show them what an ROI looks like. What does an ROI look like using an Enigmatica platform? It's a, it's a broad question with many answers, and I think you have to look on a product line basis. You, the ROI on life insurance, for example, is very different than on PNC. But I think the base of that is because the margins on PNC are very different than life. And you also have to look at what are the complexities, what are they saving, saving uh, as far as time, internal resources to do that. If you look at really, if we have a broad clientele, and this goes back to what you asked before, and I never fully answered the question, um, I will get back to that. But if you look on the life sector, for example, if I'm just taking strictly the cost of launching a new product, so forget the operating expenses, we can kind of discuss that on it separately. But if you look at the cost of launching products and the time it takes, life insurers, as an example, will take at times up to a year and a million dollars US to launch a new product. Now, some products they may be able to get out there in a matter of six, seven, eight months, and some of them may be a year and a half. Some of them may be 500,000 US dollars, but I know firsthand based on some discussions internally with some of the insurers, sometimes those same products can cost a million and a half. If I use that as the touchstone on our product, as I mentioned earlier, we can get those products to the market, assuming all the regulation and kind of working with the regulators has been resolved and kind of approved and the actuaries have done their work. By the time it gets on the Ignatica desk, so to speak, we have that out to the market within a couple of days at zero cost to the insurer. So obviously, if you do the mathematics on that, their ROI on that product, or now, instead of that one product, that 10 or 15 or 20 products that they've now just put into the market, the ROI blasts upward. It begs the question, you said zero cost. There's no such thing as zero cost. There's no such thing as free lunch. What is the cost to an organization saying that? Well, I, I, I know. I, I, Travis, I love the story that you have. I, uh, certainly, I'm a believer in you know, the uh, blockchain as a technology, as a platform for this. But what sort of cost am I looking at if I wanted to build this thing uh, under your platform? Or, or if I want to modernize my insurance infrastructure or ways of work? To, so that it fits into or it's able to use the Ignatica platform to help me, you know, create new products and serve my clients. Sure, I mean, it's a, it's a great and valid question. So 
what we do is typically with our insurers, we will either do you know, a pilot project or we will do a specific onboarding. So there's an initial fee for, for that. And you know it ranges depending on the complexity of plugging the pipe, so to speak, into the underwriting claims accounting systems that I mentioned before. So there'll be an initial fee, which is quite nominal in the big picture. But from there, we work on a subscription basis. So we take a percentage of the growth premiums under management that they put onto our platform. So what that allows them to do is it allows them, there's no surprises. There's no, oh my Lord, I can't believe that this cost just got hit on us. They're able to predict with 100% certainty for every 100 million US dollars they put on, there's gonna be an X percent charge that goes to us. So that's all of the charges we have. We don't have going back to, is this a free lunch or not? It's not a free lunch, obviously. They're paying as they go based on usage of our platform but we don't front end those costs into launching new products. We train them and we give them the tools to individually and independently launch their own products. So when an insurer decides, we'll use Marsh as an example, because I've mentioned that we're working with them, if they were interested in launching a new product, they don't need to come to us and do that. They have the skills, and not only do they have the skills and the, the tools to be able to do that, the way we've set up our platform and the architecture, and I think this goes back to how are we different than some of the competitors out there, we do it on in, in tech speak on a no-code, low-code system. What that means to us non-tech people is when a business person, call him Bob, decides, oh, I want to launch a new product, life insurance product, Bob has to go to the actuaries who have to go to the IT people and it goes back to the actuaries and on and on and on we go. And then once it's approved and all of that, it has to be tested, retested, retested against the legacy mess, um, which we didn't really get into, but this is really the underlying problem in the insurance industry. And I, I always liken it to a string, a, a string of 10,000 Christmas lights. That's what I see a legacy platform is. You can plug that in, it shines brightly, it's beautiful and everything else. As soon as one of those Christmas lights goes off, the string of 10,000 Christmas lights go off. In the case of an insurer com insurance company, that's called bankruptcy. Uh, and then how do, you, how do you, in a very short order, figure out which one of those 10,000 lights went out, went out? Because if you don't figure that out, you can't solve the problem. That is what the core problem, no pun intended, of an insurer's core system is, the mm. legacy systems they have. Uh, what do you feel is the impact of the insurance industry, your target clients, and what do you see occurring in 2021 when hopefully things are a bit more settled? So COVID is really an interesting case study. It's obviously a black swan event in business terms. We came out of nowhere and it's changed the world as we know it fundamentally and forever. One of the major, major problems insurers have that I think COVID brought to light is that they did not have the core technology to be able to respond to COVID. About a month ago, I think we've started to see the first set of COVID-related insurance protections. That's symptomatic of the entire problem the insurance industry is facing. How are they gonna deal with the next one? I mean, that's the question I'm asking if I'm an insurance company. Number one, we wanna make sure that people are protected. Number two, 
that's nine months of lost revenue, lost opportunity. I mean, you think if you were the one and only insurer who had a protection out there seven months ago, you'd become now the global leader in insurance. So the question begets, how as an insurance company can I pivot quickly enough and respond enough to the next black swan event to be able to get a protection and insurance to the market within three to six weeks? Your advice to an insurance company or broker looking to modernize their infrastructure, take advantage of the lull in the pier that got COVID and it's impacted everything. I've got an opportunity. I've heard about digital transformation. I've heard about all these uh, insured tech companies that are coming in to help resuscitate, revamp, modernize the way we do things. What are your suggestions to them? There are a lot of insured tech companies out there, a lot of different processes that they're hoping to solve or, or marketing uh, to solve. What's your advice? How does an insurance, uh, an, no, uh, an, an established insurance broker or an insurance company look at what's available in the market and define what would work for them? What should they be looking at? Questions they may be, they need to ask. Well, I think with anything, when you're building a house, you don't start by building the roof. You don't start by putting windows in. You need to build from the foundation up and you need to have the strongest possible foundation that's going to weather every storm, tsunami, hurricane, um, any type of you know, foreseeable or unforeseeable problem. And I think that's the same thing when you look at an insurance company's digital transformation. As I mentioned, a number of insurers have started with the roof. They, they got the shiny apps, they have everything else, maybe they built it, but what's the foundation they built it on? You know, muddy, not strong, maybe grass, uh, you know, core foundation, we'll call it a core platform. So if I'm looking at it as an insurer, it's, it's quite easy in retrospect to look back and say, these are the problems we've faced in the past 50 years. And the reason is we haven't changed our core system in 50 years or 40 years or 30 years. So if I'm looking back, I say, and you can trace back the problems to that, would I be looking forward and saying, okay, do I want the next 30 years to be built on this foundation? And the answer is absolutely not. I'd start by looking at how can we move, starting with new products, how can we put products going forward onto the kind of core system that allows us to adapt to the market in real time, allows us to get to the products, to the market that people need, to do it in such an efficient and inexpensive way that we can have a $5 per month policy for a Thai single mother uh, who wants to save money for their child's college education how do we address each of those at the core level? Once I've established that this was my decision, then I would start to look around and say, what are my options out there? You mentioned SAP and Oracle. Those are options, albeit quite expensive options, but that's the exact legacy system they're trying to replace. You don't replace a muddy foundation with a little less muddy foundation, but there's a storm coming. So. I would look at how do we pick the right core system? What are our needs? I would look at what's the foundation of their architecture? Did they build it from the roof down and suddenly realize, wait, we need a foundation because we've lost 99 out of 100 of our houses in the last winter snowstorm? So I would look at who are the players who actually understand the insurance industry at the core level, understand the needs, understand the opportunities that if you address those needs, once I got down to there, I think you'd see that there's very few uh, options at that point. And then I would just make a decision based on 
customer service, client satisfaction, what is the rapport, what do I believe in these people as a team once I know the product is sound. Got it. Thank you very much, Travis. Thank you, Alan. It's been a pleasure. That was Travis Callahan, co-founder and president at Ignatica, speaking to future CIO on the state of the insurance industry across Asia during the COVID-19 pandemic period. We've reached the end of another episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Let us know if you have a topic you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Send your request to editors at society.com. See you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO.